for for me personally, and I know a lot of great leaders do this as well, is not asking people to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. So I think as leaders, there can be times that we feel like we put in our work, we put in our the time, the grind, the sweat, blood, sweat, tears, all of that stuff. We don't have to do the grunt work or the hard work anymore as far as maybe some things that may seem more manual. But whether or not you are actively saying that, but if you're thinking that, your people already know this about you. So I would say just do some self-reflection. Think about, am I saying things or telling people to do things that I wouldn't do myself? Have you enjoyed listening to the Incredible Paul podcast? Are you looking for a way to support it? Or maybe you just want some swag? Check out the Incredible Paul store today. We have shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, hats, stickers, and so much more. Go to IncrediPaul.org, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-Paul.org, and click on the store link. Or go to the link in my socials bio and click on the Incredible Paul shop. Looking forward to seeing your incredible look. Turn this up. Turn this up. Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Hi, I'm Paul Haranbi, and welcome to Incredible Paul Leadership, where we learn how to become the most incredible versions of ourselves by learning from each other. It's the same podcast, same as Incredible Paul podcast, just rebranded a little bit. Want to make it more clear about what the focus is. It's all about leadership and personal growth, becoming the most incredible versions of yourself. I will still have guests on the podcast, but I want to make sure that you, you know, it's focused on leadership. And maybe you've seen the Six Minute Saturdays as well, something I'm doing by myself to do learn more about myself, focus on specific things so that you can learn things, but you don't have to sit through or listen or watch a podcast that's 30 minutes to an hour sometimes, depending on the guests I have on. Specifically on this podcast, talk about leadership. I want to dive deeper into what leadership is. And if we have some time, talk about some key things to do when you're starting your business as well. So that's some key things I've learned over the years, key things I I learned when I was first starting my business. Some stuff I learned is recently just a few months ago. The most important thing I've been learning is to be a lifelong learner. When as soon as you think that you've arrived is a time that things are probably going to start to slip. So make sure you continue to learn, continue to develop. But let's just dive in talking about leadership. So really, the first thing you need to know about leadership is its influence. Leadership is influence, nothing more. So think about who do you influence? I know for myself, I influence my wife sometimes. I have younger siblings influence my younger siblings. I work in manufacturing. I work with students a lot of times. I work coaching people. Those are all different people I influence. A lot of times when we think of leadership, we think of it as being a specific leadership title or manager title. But the thing is that just because you're a manager does not make you a leader. And there are several leaders that are not managers, whether you're leading up, leading to the side, all of that stuff. But like I mentioned, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. That is a quote from John C. Maxwell. So I'm a part of the Maxwell leadership team. I'm a Maxwell leadership certified coach and speaker and trainer. 
So I've been certified as a 2021. And all that really means is that I can teach on John Maxwell's material, on his books. He's wrote tens of books, almost 100 books that he's written. A lot of great material. If you have not heard of John Maxwell and you are in the leadership space or want to learn more about leadership, definitely someone you want to, to look into. Just stop, just stop listening to this right now and go look into John Maxwell. Another thing, so if you're just listening to this podcast, why not watch it as well? So stream on YouTube. You could watch the podcast. I think it's a lot better experience than just listening to it. You can see my reactions, my facial expressions. People have said I have a lot of facial expressions. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But how about you join the podcast and you decide for yourself whether you like my facial expressions, you think it's a little bit too much. But honestly, you ask people, this is how, this is just how I am. I would say I talk more uh, when I'm on the podcast than I do in person because I'm definitely more of an introvert, uh, believe it or not. But that's just, that's a little side note. But getting back on this whole idea of leadership. So leadership is something that's really critical. And want to talk about the five levels of leadership. So this comes from a book with the same name from John Maxwell as well. But I think it's really critical to learn, develop, because it is something that will affect you in all aspects of your leadership, all aspects of life, really, whether or not you realize you're a leader, this is something that will help you. So I will, like a good communicator does, I'll tell you what I'm going to talk talk to you about, I'm going to talk about it, and I'm going to remind you what I talked about. So the five levels of leadership are position, permission, results, reproduction, and the pinnacle level. So let's talk about the first level, level one being the position level. So it is what it sounds like. It is when you have the title of a leader, you have that manager position, you have people reporting to you, you have people doing what they that you tell them to do at this level people follow you because they must do it there is authority based on this position as far as whether it's fear of getting fired or just fear of the position or fear might not be the right word for more so like a respect or like even say reverence at some time but what's i'll stick on this concept of respect for the position it has nothing to do with you but you can learn at this level. So oftentimes, like we might be placed into leadership position, where it's a supervisor position, a manager position, and maybe you've not led people before. Maybe you don't even consider yourself a leader, but this came up as an opportunity either to make more money or do more things, have more of an impact on an organization. And oftentimes when you're in level one of this position, it's usually when you're newer to the organization, or newer to position, and you rely on your leader's influence. So I've had situations like specific thing I, I, I can remember is when I was um, with Perina and working there for a little bit. And a lot of times the, the manager I had would talk about something and then he would say that um, this manager wants us to do this or this is something that we need to do. So he was really leading from the level one sense of not using his own influence, but using his manager's influence to say, this is something that he wants to do, and this is what we need to do as far as the direction. 
I would say there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. But if you're always leaning on your, if you're a leader leaning on your own leader's uh, influence or authority, that means you don't have any influence authority of yourself or you don't think you do. And so that's something you have to work through and get to the next level. So just think about that. Level one being the position level. So level two is a permission level. So people follow you because they want to follow you. Are you a STEM student? Do you have questions about life after undergrad? Are you not sure what professional development really means? Or maybe you just want to meet some incredible people and ask questions to someone who's been in your shoes before. The Incredible Student Community is for college students who want some help navigating through college, finding their way into grad school, a career, or even starting a business. We will meet once a month for an hour each time. You can reach out with questions at any time through a special group of people you know are serious about their growth as a student leading into a professional. Go to incredipal.org slash community to learn more about this. You can also go to my about page, incredipal.org slash about to learn more about me. Join me in becoming the most incredible student you can be as far as people understanding that you care for them and you understand them as people. Because believe it or not, like if you're listening to this or watching this, you may have had situations where manager, supervisor says something and you wonder, like, have they done this before? Do they understand what I'm going through? Like, they might not understand like the implications of what they're saying. But when you're at the level two, position or the level to the permission level you people need to know that you care about them john maxwell has a great quote that talks about people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care so not to say that you have to be best friends with your the people that report to you or have uh, a relationship that you go out for dinner or beers or games whatever it is but at least you to like understand like them as a person, their family, a little bit about the backgrounds, what they're striving to as well. A good leader is trying to get more for their people. So at this level, you have to have those strong relationships. You need to listen well first. Listening is a huge part of communication. I can go way more into that as far as listen. you want to listen twice as much as you talk because we have two ears for a reason. But you have to listen well. You have to observe well. So a good leader is going to see things in their people as far as maybe body language or kind of like their feelings or emotions that might not be easy. They're not directly saying it, but you kind of see it. Um, you, As a leader, you need to notice those things. You also have to serve well at this position, at the level two position, is that for, for me personally, and I know a lot of great leaders do this as well, is not asking people to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. So I think as leaders, there can be times that we feel like we put in our work, we put in our the time, the grind, the sweat, blood, sweat, tears, all of that stuff. We don't have to do the grunt work or the hard work anymore as far as maybe some things that may seem more manual. But whether or not you are actively saying that, but if you're thinking that, your people already know this about you. So I would say just do some self-reflection think about am i saying things or telling people to do things that i wouldn't do myself maybe you've done it in the past and you lean on that crutch 
on that crutch, but are, are you willing to do that in the future? Are you willing to make sure the organization keeps striding going forward, whether it's your own organization and you're an entrepreneur or you're in corporate America and you're building the uh, work in front of these large corporations or maybe nonprofits, whatever it is, make sure that what you're asking your people to do that you'd be willing to do yourself. So level one, we talk about position, really, it's just respect for the position, not really any respect for the leader himself or herself. And permission level is when you're building that relationship. So people follow you because they want to, not just because they have to. So that's key. The want versus the have to. Level three is the results level. People follow you because of what you've done for the organization as far as getting things done. Everyone knows that person. If you think of that person that has got things done, I can think of that person and where I'm working right now as far as automation or controls, IT stuff. He is the go-to person for everyone. When people hear his name, they're like, oh, did you get so-and-so on that? You'd be the best person to get on that. And it's when you are able to, or you are known as someone that gets things done, that just opens up doors for you. So you help the team, you help the team get things done. Also, you add the results to the relationship to keep people motivated. A lot of times, and I've been there, and I know leaders have been there, and I've worked with leaders, I've been there as well, is that we feel like as a leader, we either are results focused or people focused. We have to be both. As leaders, the results, at the end of the day, we need to get results because as a business, if we're not making money, we don't get the profits. We're not going to be in business for very long if we're not doing that. Even as a nonprofit, I know um, you're not for the profit, but you need to run the business effectively so that you can continue to do the work that you want to do, need to do as a business, nonprofit or for profit, whatever it is. But you want to make sure you add the relationships when you move from relationships to the results level that you don't lose on the the relationship level and don't if you are on the relationship relationship level make sure you get the results as well i think we can think of someone that in the past that has been a genuinely pleasant pleasing person to work with but when you're trying to get stuff done mm, they might not be the best person in the world as far as trying to get stuff done and so that's someone that has stuck to the relationship level because it feels comfortable, but they haven't got the results level actually getting stuff done. So a lot of times when as leaders, when you choose success over their relationships, but that's not what you want to do. You want to make sure that you're balancing the success and the relationships. Because at the end of the day, if you're if you stomp on people or you kind of push them out of way to get the results, it's, you might get results in the short term, but the long term, you're not going to get sustained results. And it's going to catch up with you eventually. It's just a matter of time. Make sure you're leading by example. You're creating momentum. And as you get results, you attract better people. It's just natural. As human beings, we want to be on a winning team. We want to be a part of a culture that's winning, a team that's winning, having a leader that she's winning, I think that's really key to make sure that you're getting results as a leader. So the next level that I feel like I spent a lot of time on that one is the reproduction level. So my ask Paul, what are you talking about? Talk about these five levels of leadership, 
five levels of influence. You talked about the first one being the position. It's like, I, I'm with you there. Like you have managers that are managers, not as her leaders. Then you talked about the permission level as far as people following because they want to, not because they have to, building those relationships. And you talk about the production level as far as getting things done. But now you're talking about the reproduction. Like, I thought we were trying to keep this professional. Like, why are you talking about reproduction? Hold up. I am talking about reproduction as far as making other leaders. So there is a difference between being a leader who is leading followers and the difference between leader who is leading leaders. The difference between leading followers and leading leaders. So reproduction level, as far as when you lead a follower, it's just addition. One plus one equals two. When you lead a leader, that leader is able to lead other people as far as followers. I mean, maybe even reproduce leaders and it's multiplication. Your organization, wherever you work, your business is going to do a lot better when you're able to reproduce leaders and empower them instead of making them followers. But with the reproduction down level, people are following you because of what you've done for them. So that's really key. Leaders are great not because of themselves, but because of the ability to empower others. If you are a leader and you are not empowering others, you've got to ask yourself a question. Is this a one-woman show? Is this a one-man show? Are you trying to make yourself look really good at the sometimes the expense of others? And so... Uh, mastermind group I had a few weeks ago, we talked about leadership. And one of the key things you kept coming back to is just this innate sense of selfishness that's in us as human beings. And when I say the word selfishness, you might be on guard already, but stay with me for a second. The selfishness, not as far as trying to steamroll over people at times. I mean, there are some people, there's like cutthroat business people out there that don't care whatever they're going to do. They're going to try and they're in it for themselves. But more selfishness in the, the fact of that you're thinking of yourself first. And so it's human nature. I mean, we want to make sure that we're going to be, we're going to be good. Everything's going to work out. But as a leader, it's important to be a servant leader. And so we need to think of our people first. Because at the end of the day, when you're a leader or you're a manager, like even if you're just managing two people, there are more people that are going to be affected by the things you're doing than if you if you think of, of yourself and not think it, and you don't put keep them in mind. You're gonna in the end affect more people. So it's just really critical as leaders that we think of them first. Not to say that we are we put ourselves in a situation that it hurts ourselves or our self-confidence, whatever that is. But we just got to make sure that we're doing the right things for our people. Because at the end of the day, if you don't do the right things for your people, they're going to leave. And I think we're seeing that now more than ever, that people are empowered to work and do things in an organization that actually cares about them, leaders that care about them. And it's really important that you're reproducing leaders. But when you get to level four or the reproduction level, people become loyal to you because you've mentored them. They've seen the growth from building the relationships to getting the results. And now you're empowering them to become leaders in their own right. And that's powerful. 
So everything compounds at this level, whether you're, you have to recruit well, position them well, and equip them well. So as a leader, we got to make sure that we give them the tools, give them the resources, give them the development that's going to help them get be sustained at this level. So wrapping it up is level five, and this is the pinnacle level. So I don't want to burst anyone's bubble, but this is a level that most people will never reach in their life. It's just just the nature of the game. Most people are never going to reach level five. Level four is a really great place to be. You are reproducing leaders over and over and over again. But then there comes a time where you move from level four to level five, the pinnacle level. So people follow you because of who you are and what you represent. So these are people that have basically transcended their own areas or their own fields or the things that they're doing. So examples of this are Mother Teresa, the Dalai Lama, Dr. Reverend, Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. These are people that whether or not you are in either in their religion or faith or believe the same things they believe, you respect them and know them as a leader. And I will also add John Maxwell into that level as far as reaching the pinnacle of leadership. I mean, he's been doing this as far as writing books, leading organizations, coaching people for, I would say, over definitely over 40 years, 45, maybe 50 years he's been doing this for when he started as a pastor to moving into the business realm because he realized he could have a lot of people that were buying his books and his resources were in the business realm. So he wanted to focus there. And so I would add him as well. But it's proven leadership, like I said, proven leadership over and over. Respect must be freely given, but it's not in your control. At the end of the day, we need to respect people. We need to do what's right, but we can't control how people are going to react. So that's very key. Very, very key. But the key, the thing with these five levels, like I mentioned, is that you don't move from you move from one level to the other, but it really builds on each other. So when you're at the position level, like you don't want to stay at the position level very long. There's maybe a few months to maybe a year, depending on it. Maybe you have a lot of turnover in your team, and that might be a sign of something that's going on. But it's really key to make sure that you start to build those relationships. You're getting the results. You're building leaders, and you're doing this over and over and over again. Are you wondering what's next? Has everything you tried failed? Or maybe you just feel stuck? Then coaching might be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life and want to start to see results, reach out to Incredipal for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to incredipal.org slash coaching. I-N-C-R-E-D-I-P-A-U-L dot org slash coaching or at I am Incredipal on all my socials. Or you can click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I want to make sure you become the most incredible version of yourself. And one thing that I've noticed and I think, well, I know it's happened to me as well, is that these five levels are with people across the board. So you might be in a specific situation, specific organization, specific position, and you may have got to that level four level as far as you you had the title, 
you build the relationships, you have the results, you're building leaders over and over again, but you go into another part of the organization or you go to a different company, you maybe start your own business. People no longer know that about you. And so it's really easy to think, oh, I have this notoriety, people know me, but it is a big world out there. Like last number I heard, seven and a half billion people on earth. And I would say there is no one on the planet that everyone on the planet knows about. So like no matter what's going to happen, I, I mean, obviously I would think most people know about Mother Teresa and the uh, Dalai Lama and even Dr. Do- Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But I would say if you don't have technology, you're not, uh, you're in remote parts of the world, you may have never heard of them. I say all of that to say this, do not allow you progressing through the levels to think and get complacent that I've reached this level. I don't have to work on these other things. When you go to different situations, when you meet new people, you are constantly working on these different levels. And so that's something that you need to think about. The other thing as far as leadership is that there's three questions that everyone asks their leader. The first one is, do you care about me? I mentioned it a little bit earlier. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We can all pretty quickly spot out if someone really care about us or are they just saying the right things to get in the position or get the results and move on to something, someone else. I don't, I, I don't talk about politics a lot um, just because uh, I don't feel like it accomplishes much because it's just really polarizing. But I will say this. I think we'd all agree that just the whole climate of politics and politicians is that they're going to say and do whatever they need to say to get the votes. But at the end of the day, they may not they may not come through on what they said they're going to do. And that's just the nature of politics. We've all seen it on whatever side you're on. But as leaders, that is not something we can do. We got to make sure we care about our people. And sometimes caring about them is being honest and saying, yes, I know this is something you want to do or something that you feel like it's important to you, but as an organization, what we're trying to do, that's not something we can do instead of lying to them or trying to cover it up or hide it, whatever it is. Next one is, can you help me? As a leader, if you are not helping your people, what are you doing? You, We need to be helping our people. The third question they ask is, can I trust you? Integrity and being bigger on the inside than the outside as far as character as a leader is so critical. If we are not able to build trust and develop trust in our people, it's gonna be so hard to lead them. There's this really good book by Stephen M.R. Covey, which is Stephen Covey's son. He wrote The Speed of Trust, and he talks about how when trust is built, it makes everything go so much quicker as far as uh, agreements and contracts and just the speed of business accelerates when you have trust. If you think about that, the main reason why a lot of things are slowed down 
is a lot of stuff with lawyer fees and contracts and there's just really low trust between people organizations and so many things but when you have a track record of trust time after time after time not to say that you shouldn't do your due diligence because no matter who it is you never know something's going to happen but i think there's something to be said when there's a person who does does what they say they're going to do repeatedly they've done it for years 10 years 20 years 30 years 40 years 50 years i mean it takes time but in that book he, he also talks about some ways that you can kind of accelerate the trust as far as extending trust out first but i can get into that maybe in a, in a future podcast but really want to focus on this whole concept of leadership and trust, it is absolutely critical. It is foundational. The other side of it, as far as I say, leadership being influence and influence can come in a variety of different ways, whether we are like a parent, a friend, coworker, employee, whatever it is, is adding value to others. So when you're able to add value to them, it opens up the doors for you. And adding value to people is not as hard as you may think it is because adding value to someone might just be answering their questions or just going a little bit extra as far as maybe they ask you to do this task or they needed help with something, but you notice something else. And whether they had overlooked it or maybe you just have a little bit more experience in that area and you're able to just go a little bit extra and get it done. But when you're adding value to others, it becomes, we become more valuable to them. We basically become endeared to them because they see us as a person of value. When they think of, when you think of that person, it's like, oh, that person is, is someone that I want to spend time with because they are not trying to get stuff from me. They're trying to give stuff to me. And this whole concept of reciprocity which I feel like I said that word wrong, but we'll just keep moving, is that the whole idea of when you give something that people just feel inclined to give something in return, the sowing and reaping effect. When you're giving, you will receive. We don't give just so we can receive, but just the very nature of giving and sowing a seed, we will reap a harvest. But make sure that we are adding value to people because people are valuable other thing with leadership and what John says, John C. Maxwell says, is that the hardest person to lead, you just have to look in the mirror. You are the hardest person to lead. Don't believe me? How many times have you given someone advice and it's great advice, but when you think about it, you are not even following your own advice. That is leading yourself as far as we might know the steps to take. We might have the best plan of the world. We might have the goal set up, but we are not following it as far as the discipline, determination, even sometimes, sometimes as simple as having self-confidence. I talk about imposter syndrome a lot because I think there's power to defining things and understanding what is going on. So with imposter syndrome, this feeling of not being enough or feeling like we're 
we're falling short or we need to be perfect. And the thing is that we are humans. We are never going to be perfect. And uh, a speaker once, uh, it, it was kind of funny how he put it, but he says, screw perfection. He just says, screw it. Perfection is not going to happen. Done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. Screw perfection because perfection, a lot of times, depending if you're familiar with DISC, I'm a CD, so conscientious and kind of direct. So I, if you're on a C personality, you're more likely to be a perfectionist because you analyze things, you want to make sure things are done. You can just get stuck in analysis, paralysis. And so I resonate with this and I also have a D personality. So sometimes I'm just direct. I get right to, to it. Let's go, 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 go. So I, I think it's funny how those two can be in the same personality because they seem pretty os- opposite, but I'm kind of doing it right now as far as analyzing the two, the two the C and the D as far as what it is. But say all that to, to say that it's important that you just get going, you just start doing it. Perfection is not gonna happen, but what is gonna happen is that we continue to get better. We can continue to learn. We can continue to develop. This whole, I, the whole thing is that a lot of times with failure, we think that failure is the end. We think failure is something that happens. Failure is something that we are, but that's not the thing. Failure is not something that we are. Failure is just something that happens to us. We need to be able to separate ourselves from the failure. And there's great power in that. When you're able to separate yourself from failure and realize, oh, that mistake I made, maybe I failed a test, maybe I didn't get that job, maybe I, I made a mistake in the uh, accounting of something or whatever it is, you are not that failure. And when you get hung up in that failure and you get stuck in your head in that failure, play it over and over and over again, that does not help. Not to say that I already said that we should continue to strive to get better, but we can't focus on that failure. A really good book by Dr. Jason Selk. So he was on the podcast before and he talked about it, this mental toughness, having relentless solution focus. So Dr. Jason Selk and Dr. Ellen Reed wrote this book. And actually Dr. Ellen Reed is gonna be on a future episode of the podcast. So definitely go back and watch the episode with Dr. Jason Selk about Relentless Solution Focus, and then stay tuned for the future episode with his co-author, Dr. Ellen Reed. But having Relentless Solution Focus is very key because what it, the premise of it is instead of being problem-centric and focusing on all the things that are wrong, being solutions-focused, focusing on all the things that you can do going forward. So... Dr. Selk worked as a sports psychologist for several years, worked for St. Louis Cardinals, grew up in St. Louis, diehard Cardinals fan. It's been a tough year, but still a fan. And so he talks about some sports analogies, and it's the same thing for business and life as well. But where do you, when you, maybe when you strike out, and he's like, you strike out with the bases loaded or with an opportunity to, to score a run. And then you think about, oh, I striked out. I should have done this. I should have done that. And you keep focusing on that. Then you for then you go out into the field. So if you're not familiar with baseball, 
they hit on offense, they go down on defense, and they try and make sure they prevent the other team from scoring. And then this other this person keeps thinking over and over about these negative intrusive thoughts. And then when they have an opportunity to stop the team from scoring or make a play, they're still focusing on that. And then they make an error. They make a mistake. And then now they're thinking about the mistake they made on offense. I'm thinking about the mistake they made on defense. And it just continues to get in their head over and over again. And they're just totally messed up. This is a world-class athlete. They pay, get paid millions of dollars to do this. They are the best in the world. But like I said, it's human nature. We get stuck in our heads. And we got to be solutions-focused. But I, I took a little bit of a tangent to talk about that. Coming back is that make sure that we're not being selfish. We're being focused on our people. Learn to lead ourselves well. So how do you do that? How do you lead yourselves well? The first thing to do is just to make sure that you are continuing to develop, grow and develop as far as reading leadership books. If you've never read a leadership book or you want a good place to start, I pretty much recommend anything by John Maxwell, but I think one of I think the book that I would start out with, if it's a John Maxwell book, is Developing the Leader Within You 2.0. That book is phenomenal. It's I feel like it's a kind of a catalog of the disparate aspects of leadership. It talks about a lot of different things in leadership, whether it's character, priorities, being intentional about things, um, setting a vision, purpose, all those things as a leader. I think that book's foundational. Another book, whether it's like, as you listen to this, maybe you've stopped listening by now because you're like, Paul, I'm not a leader. I don't have no desire to be a leader. I have very comfortable just staying in the background, not not being the limelight, not leading people, all of that stuff. I would say if you're still listening, there's a reason you're still listening. And I'll, what I would say to that is that, is that you don't have to lead people or be a manager to be a leader. Honestly, a, for majority of my career, did not have a leader, leadership title, but I had influence over people, whether it's on the technical side, specifically with how we're doing things on either a packaging or processing side of the business or on a continuous improvement side, analyzing data, looking at stuff and problem solving. Unless you do a job where you never interact with anyone, then maybe you don't need this. But I would say if you don't interact with anyone in your job, you definitely do in life. So I would say as far as being a leader and understanding what leadership is, it is applicable to everyone, absolutely everyone this can be applied to. So I hope as far as what I talk about with the five levels of leadership, talked about the permission level or the position level, level one, as far as just having a title and that's not being somewhere you want to stay for very long. We talk about level two being the permission level as far as people want to follow you. You are building those relationships. The next level being the production level as far as getting the results, getting things done, people wanting to work with you because they know you're going to get things done. And then level four being the reproduction level, you making other leaders as something that's really key. And in a pinnacle level, level five, like I said, a lot of people are never going to reach this level, but level four is a really good level to be at. 
John said himself that he was at level four. Even if you ask him now, he might still say he's level four. I say he's level five just because of the impact he's had on tens and hundreds of millions of people over the 40, 50 plus years he's been doing this. So that's why I talk about the five levels of leadership and understanding and about what influence is, how to build your influence. So don't have a lot of time to go too deep into this, but I want to talk a little bit about the business side of things as far as maybe you have a business idea, maybe you already have a business and you've been doing things, but you haven't really formalized it as far as setting up your LLC or sole proprietorship, whatever it is. One thing you need to think of is what is your overall goal of what you're trying to do? If you're more in a service-based business like me, I do coaching and speaking. I don't have a physical product I offer. I am working on some stuff long-term. I mean, I have like um, shirts and hats and all the incredible stuff, but all of that is managed by third parties. I don't have to worry about that. You will probably want to do an LLC, so a limits and liability company. And there, there's a lot of people that I could recommend that you you reach out to or watch. YouTube is great. If you haven't seen Carlton Dennis on YouTube, I can put a link to his YouTube channel. He is phenomenal. He talks a lot. He puts it really simple about different business topics. Carlton Dennis about the LLCs, S Corp, C Corps, Corp Corp, all the different stuff you ever managed. I personally have I have a couple LLCs for the stuff I do for the podcast and then stuff from the speaking and coaching stuff, just keeping those separate. But just make sure um, you need you want an LLC just from the uh, keeping your business side separate from your personal side of things because you don't want um god forbid like uh, any litigation litigation happens and your personal side is affected so that's why you want to move from the sole proprietorship to the to llc you get that protection but i will say just because you have that protection there's this whole concept of piercing the veil so you need to operate your business and your personal side separately. Like there are some things and people get into it all the time, like as far as tax deductions and stuff. And yes, when even if you're a W-2 employer uh, employee like I am and I also have a business, there's stuff that you can start to take tax deductions on. But you need to make sure that you document it well, you have it separate and make sure that, okay, this is for my business, this is for my personal side. And... And having a business credit card is something that you you'll want to do. So that kind of flows to the next thing I talked about the LLC, so proprietorship. You need an operating agreement. There's templates online. You can do that. I also have a template that I can use. I can definitely, if you reach out to me, I can definitely provide that uh, help you get set up in your business. Um, one, you want to make sure you set up a business bank account. You need a bank account for your business specifically. If you have a personal bank account that you're, it's going to your business, that's a red flag to the IRS that you are not segregating those effectively. Again, a business bank account, never a business credit card. And so business credit card is good to have because you might have things that you want for your business, whether, it, whether it's a product or service-based business you wanna buy and you want to make sure that you put that on your business credit card, one, just so 
it makes it easier for its documentation purposes. But depending on how expensive it is, if you're keeping a balance on your credit card, which I don't recommend you do for your personal side, on your business side, doesn't matter as much. But if you keep it on your business side, it's not going to affect your personal credit. So credit is something that you credit reports and your credit rating, all that stuff is critical for um, make getting loans and getting funding for different things you want to do. So making sure that your business side is good and your personal side is good is very critical. Another thing that I learned pretty recently is like probably like eight, nine months ago now is to get a virtual address for your business. And so I was just using um, a, a PO box or like just my, my personal address for my business address. But I was able to get a virtual address a little as $10 a month and able to do a lot more with it as far as being more official for banks and then also um, not having my personal address online for people to see and send information to. And that's something I kind of skipped over. Like when you're setting up your LLC, a lot of people will want to set it up in Delaware or Wyoming. I know there's some de tax benefits definitely for Delaware, but I know for Delaware and Wyoming as well is that you actually, you have, you're able to re remain anonymous as far as your information is not posted online for people to see as far as your address and some of your email and personal information. So that's why some people do that. But like I said, those are some key things. I'm gonna I'll leave it like that. The only other thing I would say is as you go through and you're wanting to do your business, think about trademarking and a lot of stuff on social media. Like I know social media is a black hole. It can get really complicated very quick. I would say I'm, I've learned a lot a lot over the last year. I mean, I've been using social media pretty much since it came out. Um, well, since Facebook back in like 2009, but it's definitely more so on the business side. And I've been more focused on using it on the business and just the branding side of things. Don't get overwhelmed with social media. I would say focus on one social media or maybe two first, get good at it because even different social media platforms have different focuses. So, so you, some things might be good on Instagram, don't work as well on TikTok or on LinkedIn. For me personally, I focus more on LinkedIn and was Instagram, I'm trying to focus more on YouTube just for the discovery process for the podcast. But what you do need to make sure is as you're picking a name is try to, I wouldn't say try, make sure your social media at name or mention name is the same across all the different platforms you choose. So that might take a, a few iterations. I know when I was doing Incredible stuff is that I my name were slightly different on one versus the other. The reason you want to keep it the same is so that it's not confusing. So just think about if you were searching for someone or you're searching for Incredible, like you're searching for me and I have Incredible 3000 on one or I am Incredible on another or Incredible 2023 on the other. How easy is it for you to know that it's the same person? There's not that consistency there. Yes, but the content might be the same. All of stuff is the same. But I've seen a lot of spam accounts rise up and they just copy the content from other 
accounts. And I, I think that's more prevalent on Instagram. But you just have to make sure that you are consistent as much as possible. People know where to find you, make it easy for people to find you, having social media, having a website. But there's way more I can get into that. But thank you for listening to this podcast. If you're just listening, I would say watch it on YouTube. Um, comes out every Monday at 6 a.m. Set your calendar. Also, check out Six Minute Saturdays. It's pretty new. I, I think it's something that people have mentioned that are. I, I've had people that don't necessarily listen to podcasts or trying to ease into it. They're like, I don't know if you're listening to or watch something for 30 minutes, an hour. I would say, like, we watch TV shows and stuff, but I, I understand it's a little bit different, especially for my. My topics are not necessarily entertainment. It's more so leadership and development space, which I'm passionate about. I love listening and watching this stuff. I can go to conferences and stuff all day, every day. My wife knows, my family knows, something I'm passionate about. But I know not everyone's like this. So I wanted to continue to add value. And the Six Minute Saturdays is a way to do that. So if you've been watching or listening to that, continue to do that. If you have any suggestions on different topics I should have, different people I should have on the podcast, definitely let me know. But Incredible Leadership, like I mentioned, we've rebranded the podcast. It's a little bit different, just be more focused on leadership. Still going to have guests on here. But you have a great guest coming up next week that he is phenomenal what he's been doing as far as leaving a legacy for 40 years so i'm just gonna kind of leave it on a cliffhanger there you'll you'll see it it's coming out next week but uh, like i said i am just so thankful for you for listening and watching the podcast at the end of the day i want to make sure i'm empowering students and young professionals in stem to develop their professional de development develop in professional development, become the most incredible versions of themselves. That's my focus, my narrow focus, but really I enjoy helping all people and I wanna make sure I continue to add value to you so you can become the most incredible version of yourself. Keep, be, keep being incredible, thanks. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. And be incredible. Incredible. incredible.